Uh, we're gonna talk about Unbreakable. Drown me. <laughs> but you're wearing that poncho. I got a sweet poncho. <laughs> I got a sweet poncho. Uh, welcome to the review hey, review show. Welcome to, to the Big <laughs> I'm short of the max extreme. Hey, I'm JT3K. And we are talking about on flashback. Breakable. Flashback, flashback episode. <laughs> We're so on the same page. It's <laughs> uncanny. It is synergy. <laughs> uh, last week, we reviewed the happening, the winner of our tournament of random movies. Yeah. And you can call it a winner, I fucking guess. <laughs> and we decided to dip into the Shyamalan pool yeah. again to, to not kill just, ourselves on the faith of I made Shyamalan yeah. altogether to not sully his name further <laughs> and go on to something a little bit uh, more well received yeah well, now, at least more well, well received on your end yeah so this one is actually interesting because we did this one I mean not terribly long ago yeah but I don't remember this review much at all yeah and I don't either because I I usually try and revisit them before I uh, we do them as a flashback to make sure they're interesting, and I did not for this. So this could be boring as fuck. <laughs> so we better spice up this intro. Yeah, we better make this a really uh, saucy intro. <laughs> well, with the with the kind of synergy we got going right now, this should not be an issue. Yeah, because we always finish each other's sandwiches. Uh, just like in Frozen. <laughs> like that song. You know what? Macy has been watching a shit ton of Frozen and it's killing me slowly. <laughs> like, she had me listen to the soundtrack on the way home from oh, daycare today. No. She's like, play Frozen! And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. And I'm like, well, what What am I, what else am I Troy doing? Troy loves an open door. <laughs> Not anymore. For three different Can't songs. Can't take it any- <laughs> So I had my niece and Macy and obviously Miles in the car put it on. They loved it. So, like, it's hard to argue with something that they love because they were singing along to all the songs. Even the, like, ones I would, like, this is an obscure one. Like, the one in the very... Are you familiar enough with Frozen? Like, the very beginning, they have, like, those ice cutters. Oh. And it's, like, the men, like, chant singing a bit. I don't remember that one. Anyway... That, I feel like, is an obscure song, and Macy was singing that one, <laughs> too. I'm like, oh, what the hell? You must really pay attention a lot more than I think you do. <laughs> so anyway, long story short, I found myself singing and harmonizing with them. <laughs> and I'm like, oh no, my life is now ending. <laughs> so who's the guy in that movie that I am? Quote, the guy with the biggest beard. The guy with the big beard in Frozen? Because Chelsea always makes the joke that whoever is the beard, the, the villain with a beard is usually me in oh, all the Disney yeah. movies. You're not in Frozen. Okay. You're more of a tangled villain. Gotcha. There's like two brute brothers that have yep. like beards and stuff. Oh, I, I know exactly who they are. Yep. And I'm already pissed. Well, you're them. I'm going to go wake her up and yell at her. <laughs> oh my God, I would kill you to death. <laughs> How the fuck am I those two, Macy? I will push you out of her window. Hopefully you land on your fucking car. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna headbutt windows like that chicken happening. Uh, yeah, so actually... Uh, well, this is going back on almost a full week, but I watched a bit of Elimination Chamber. Oh, I need to go back and watch that. Um, I only good? watched... Uh, yeah, it was fine. Okay. Uh, I the tag chamber match was fun. Yeah, wasn't it like a crazy spot where like someone like jumped off the top. Yes, somebody. Uh, I can't remember who it was. They're like a weird like hanging moonsault, hanging thing. shooting star. Oof. Like they swung and then just let go and did it on the group. Boof. And uh, heavy machinery is great, dude. I fucking love <laughs> Otis Dozovic. 
Yeah. He's my favorite person. He was great. He was great. <laughs> you'll you'll be a big fan. Of Come him. on, Tucky. <laughs> uh, so oh, well, I can't wait for our WrestleMania when we get the whole gang back together. <laughs> oh my god, it's gonna be. And great. then we'll have way more stories because me and me and uh, Coach will be down there. Oh yeah, it'll just be me and Eric up here hanging out. Yep. We'll come back we and there. give you guys the corona. <laughs> uh, why did I even bring that up? Why did I bring up <laughs> Elimination Chamber? Oh, I'll tell you why. Because Macy thought you were part of Heavy, heavy Machinery because you're a man with a beard. Come on, Ducky! <laughs> so just embrace it. There Good. you go. I'm just going to gain 300 pounds and well, be Well, to be fair, it doesn't really matter, like... The size ratio, if you're just a man in general with a beard, yeah, it she thinks it's you every time. Awesome. Yep. I'm just cornering the beard market. Well, unless Macy. it's a short, like a scruffy beard, then she thinks it's me. Okay. So, she usually thinks I'm some, like, Abercrombie <laughs> model on a wall. Oh, fuck this. And then, and then you and I'm, all, I'm all the Otis. fucking gross... <laughs> I'm the gross fat fucks that can't fucking keep themselves. <laughs> yeah. So if I it's guess a groomed it, beard, it's dad. Yeah. If it's an unkempt <laughs> piece of shit, it's Uncle Joel. But, you know, I would like to say your beard game's on point. It's looking pretty tight tonight. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Well, I trimmed it. It's not as bushy as it has oh, been. That's true. You unbushed it. I unbushed it. Uh, I debushed. <laughs> with that uh, with that news of debushing, why don't we get into, Let's get into Unbreakable? <laughs> Let's go check out Unbreakable. <laughs> Where you will not find a bush trying to kill people in this movie. Yes. <laughs> there you go. That's a, what an amazing segue. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So enjoy our flashback review. Yes. Starting. Unbreakable. Starting right now. Synergy. Synergy. <laughs> our first stop in our nonstop runaway train ride that kills Dude, everyone but shamala. one person <laughs> to to uh glass the shamalanaverse that's right uh, unbreakable debuted november 14th in the year 2000 winter release <laughs> in the year 2000 man it's before 9-11 <laughs> that's right we were all bright and chipper nothing could happen to us <laughs> Nothing bad will ever happen to us. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, my. If only we had the foresight. <laughs> uh, with a budget of $75 million domestically in the United States, it made $95 million, raking in a $248.1 million worldwide box office. Oh, boy. Did pretty good for itself. Oh, yeah. Rotten Tomatoes has it at 69%. IMDb has it. <laughs> At 7.3 out of 10. Uh, Metacritic, 62%. And Gummy Popcorn gives it a 4. All right. <laughs> out of what? I don't know. <laughs> Gummy Popcorn sounds gross. Yep. They also had another category that I didn't include. They have, like, the main score and then, like, a yummy score. And I think it's what? about how attractive a person is in a film. And they gave Bruce Willis a three, and I don't know what the fuck any of this means. <laughs> Gummy popcorn reminds me of, like, those butter popcorn jelly belly jelly beans. Oh, I think those are good. Really? I yeah. don't like them. I can see that. <laughs> I mean, I can definitely see that. But anytime I have them, I'm like, this can't possibly taste like popcorn. And then you have ones like, well, knock me over with a feather. I don't know. It kind of <laughs> tastes like popcorn. I don't know. It's got like a styrofoamy taste to it, I think. I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> but if uh, anyone... Send us, send us your opinions. What do you think of butter, popcorn, jelly belly, jelly beans? Yeah, let, I'm actually very curious. I am a fan. <laughs> if anybody out there has had the butter, popcorn, jelly yep. belly, jelly beans yep. right into the show... And that's the show. So what do you see, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> Um, JT? Yeah. What's going on on Unbreakable? Why don't you give us the lowdown? Well, we follow, uh, a guy by the name of, uh, what was it, David Dunn? That's correct. Yeah, David Dunn, who, uh, is on a train that, uh, gets derailed 
and he finds out that the derailment was so catastrophic that he was the only survivor. Mm -hmm. And in the process of finding out just what happened to him, he comes across a strange man, played by Samuel L. Jackson, whose uh, first name is... uh, (laughs) Elijah? <laughs> That's oh. right. Uh, Elijah, who uh, has a disorder where his bones are not as dense as other people's, mm-hmm. which causes them to break very easily. Yes. And leads him on a path to find out just really what is his condition. Astogenesis imperfecta. Yeah. Well, no, I'm, I'm saying in terms of Bruce Willis, what, what, like, what... What is really going on that is causing him to not be broken? Mm. Hashtag unbreakable. <laughs> Very good, JT. Um, so if you haven't pieced together the plot yet from old, good old Sean's letter, yeah, uh, or if you haven't seen it already, which... or from my expert right, well, of it. hey. Your retelling of it leaves out very crucial things, but still gets I the try and across. keep it up to the people. That's right. Very good. To the people. To the people. <laughs> to the people! <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm even doing here. Soylent um, Green is people? <laughs> Soylent Green is people, JT. First, I was afraid. I was petrified. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All the the whole show is just devolved into stupid non sequiturs. Oh my god. Anyway, what I uh forgot about watching this film because mm. I uh watched this film quite a bit when it came out on DVD. Yeah. Um is that how hard it actually leans into the comic book idea? Yeah. Cuz I remember when we saw the trailer for Glass we were kind of making fun of it for it's like, oh, you're really going into this comic book. You're really liking this comic book idea. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think it's in a different way. And maybe yeah. that's just the way the trailer is. Because we're not sure if that's actually how it's going in yeah. the movie. But the trailer looks like it's leaning hard in a different way. Like this more or less has subtle comic book things while shoehorning in yeah. actual comic books. And, yeah. like, even the beginning text of the movie is, like, every comic has an average of 35 pages and 125 yeah. illustrations, blah, blah. And it gives, like, facts about, like, that. Even and down it, to where, like, Bruce Willis has, like, a comic book name. Yeah, an alliterated name. Like, yeah. David Dunn, Peter <laughs> yeah. Parker, Scott Summers, yeah. yep. Clark Kent, all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yep. So I thought that was pretty fun. Yeah. Um, Even, like, the color palette that they use for the characters is like a heroic or villainous color palette for each character. So like David Dunn has like a green, which usually, I mean, it's going to prove me wrong because like the Ninja Turtles are green. There's green arrow. There's like green lantern and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But like, it's a secondary color palette and purple is usually used for like your evil characters, unless you're like a dark and mysterious character, like mm-hmm. a Batman or a Bat family type character like that. So that's kind of cool. And that's, and that's Sam Jackson's color scheme. And you kind of yeah. see that even mm-hmm. in flashback scenes, when he opens up gifts, he has purple wrapping paper on yeah. his stuff mm-hmm. and the inside of his coat is purple. Yep. And it's also funny too, that purple is like his favorite color. And so he also talked George Lucas and having a purple lightsaber. Yeah. <laughs> And so I think this is Sam Jackson's type stuff. So he kind of just yeah. asked M. Night, like, that was cool. Can yeah. I line my coat with purple? And he was like, yeah, sure. I don't care. <laughs> Do whatever you want, I don't, Sam. Yeah, I know. It's like the big twist of this was supposed to be that Sam Jackson or Elijah was the the villain all along. But it's like, dude dresses like a super villain this entire fucking movie. Right. <laughs> it's like... You're almost like, it's probably one of those things like when you first see it, it's like, I should have seen that coming a mile away because he dresses like a fucking, he dresses like the <laughs> king. Megalomaniac. Yeah, he dresses like a king, the kingpin almost the whole fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. Even down to where like yeah. his cane is made out of pure glass. Right. Which I guess was another idea of Sam Jackson's. He yeah. should have a cane made of glass. 
Like, that is not sturdy. No. If you need to lean on something, you don't want yeah. something that can accidentally break and just shatter, yeah. your, like, shatter like, you all I up. I mean, granted, like, if you're, if you, if you walk with a limp to begin with, you're gonna fucking drop that cane. <laughs> also, he doesn't walk downstairs very well. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, when he's after that guy, I'm just like, come on, take your, take your time. You're trying yeah. to, like, just... <laughs> I, 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 he wants to see if that gun's in his pants. <laughs> like, have you ever tried to go down a set of stairs fast enough, and you kind of, like, slip your heel off the edge of the stair, and you end up going, like, oh, gun, gun, so gun, gun, fun. down the stairs? I thought he was going to do that down the concrete stairs at any given point And then his like, ankles just, like, they compress <laughs> on themselves. Yeah. 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 I want to oh, see, my. like, his legs break where they just, like, break into themselves. <laughs> Oh, they just accordion? Just compound fracture accordion style. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. Um, going into some IMDb trivia on this, uh, I found a few things interesting, JT. Oh, really? Um, that that disease that he has is actually a real disease. Really? The osteogenesis imperfecta is real, but it's very rare. I guess there's an Australian celebrity um that has it uh and he was just born with it i don't know how severe it is if the movie played yeah. it up or not but well even like says that like he has like the least severe version of it right like he has like stage one but it's like there's stage four where it's like you don't even live that long <laughs> right uh i guess it's like a certain protein that like your body doesn't make so if you don't like make it at all yeah. you're probably effed in the a yeah um, I did really like the opening of this a lot, where you see the birth yeah. of uh, Elijah. Yeah, and like the guy, like the guy that like picks him up is like looks horrified. Yeah. Where it's like, what the fuck what happened? What did you this do ba- to this baby? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what did I miss? Like, because he, he walks in after he's born, he's just like, did you guys just t- take turns beating the fuck out of this baby? <laughs> Like he's like, did somebody drop this baby? And that lady's like, Jesus Christ, no! <laughs> he's like super pissed that he would bring it up. Like, oh my god! I would say one of my favorite characters in this movie is Elijah's mom. Mm. I would say she's probably one of my favorites that sticks out because it's like she has like this. You kind of get this feeling from her where it's like she understands what condition he has and she's kind of discouraged by it and then as it goes on and you find out how fucked up he is in the head because he has it but because that fucked upness is like <laughs> causing him to like yeah kind of reach his full potential she's like weirdly proud of it yeah at the end i didn't notice it before because she's only in like the bookends of it really yeah like at the end I couldn't tell if she, like, kind of knew what Elijah was up to. You know? I feel like I feel like she was. Yeah? Yeah, because it's, like, she does that whole thing where, like, like she, she like, points out Bruce Willis at the very end. And, right. is like, she makes sure she introduces herself and is, like, very, like, almost kind of taken back by him. Like, kind of smitten where she's, like, you are my son's like project right and she's like almost proud of him where it's like he did all this work and he found you and because he did all this he accomplished more than he probably ever thought he ever could Mm -hmm. and it's like it's like her talking to him is like going to his basketball game and seeing him (laughs) shoot the game winning shot where it's like this is all of his hard work coming to fruition and she's so proud of him yeah yeah i mean i guess come to think of it she would have to know what he's up to like he doesn't try to hide his plans at all no they're in that just back room yeah which if if his mom is a semi caretaker of him yeah she would have to see all that stuff yeah and even like she's even has like a weird vibe when she comes up to david dunn at the end and is like oh you're all my son talks about yeah. And like goes over and says I'll I'll go tell him that you're here. And it just seems like yeah. she's like like almost tired in like of all of this madness, but she can't stop it. No, I don't I didn't take that at all. I saw her as like she's like this is like her proudest moment where it's like she had a son who she saw was like pretty much just down on life in general. And it's like you're kind of seeing that growth where it's like she has this son 
who is like pretty much given up on life, and then she introduces this one thing that kind of reinvigorates him, and now she's seeing that come to fruition. Granted, it's fucked up a lot of people's lives. Oh, yeah. But it's like now she's seeing, like, in like her weird, sick way, she's seeing like how her her parenting is paid off to like add some fulfillment into her into his life and like almost kind of made her feel like she's a good mom i think mm. cuz she's she's like elated at the end there like she's really proud that that her son found this guy mhm like she's like gloating about it yeah even like dropping like subtle hints about like like uh, folklore with villains in in stories, like kind of like almost alluding that her son is like his ultimate rival, right? Like s- dropping subtle hints here and there, where it's like she's just kind of she's kind of feeding that for him, mm-hmm. where it's like she's so proud that he's made it to this point. Yeah, um, I don't know if I would say like she's like my favorite character of the movie or anything like that, but I do I do like her, especially at the end. What I also like too is that even the audience comes to learn that Mr. Glass is like the villain of the movie. Yeah. But like Mr. Glass knows he's the villain the whole time. Yeah. And it just took him to find like David Dunn just to be like, "Yep, I am." Like he had no like he already had that suspicion like I'm probably evil. <laughs> but uh I'm just going to see if there's an exact opposite of me. Then it's going to really put a a period on the end of that sentence. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I think Mr. Glass is probably the most interesting. Yeah. Because he's, yeah, like he's the one that's driving all of the actions in this. Right. And yeah, like I, yeah, he's, he's like drawn to this world where I I thought it was really interesting because like, uh, the Orville just came back mm-hmm. on uh, Fox, and they have like, an episode where one of the characters on there is like constantly goes in these simulations and like has like these weird sexual escapades and stuff. Like mm-hmm. with it being Seth MacFarlane, you're just kind of like, imagining like, oh, it's gonna be like this weird, crazy, like kind of like comedic thing where it's like, oh, I'm like a, I'm like a porn addict, but it's a <laughs> fucking, it's like a a simulator so it's like actually having sex and it's like everyone's going nuts about it but they like they take it home in like a really cool way where like they have like a sit down with him where he's like the only reason I really did it was because I was very very unhappy with this one aspect in my life mm-hmm. and it kind of like brings it all home where it's like oh shit like it's it, it goes from being like a funny problem to like a serious problem mm-hmm. and I feel like that's what kind of like this movie does where you have uh Sam Jackson as Mr. Glass who has this aspect in his life that he just can't get over mm-hmm. and like comic books are kind of like his porn to him where it's like he starts off being into comic books and then it's like he gets to a point where he needs it to be more than what it is and he needs to keep upping the ante even where when when you uh, first see him as an adult, he's in an art gallery where he's got like reimaginings of comic book art, but they're more realistic. Like he takes pride in the fact that they look more true to life than if they when they did in the book. Mm-hmm. And then it gets to where that's not enough. Now I need it to actually be real, and I'm going to do this crazy shit to make it real. Mm-hmm. Like he seems he's like a porn addict for comic books. <laughs> Where it's like, where yeah, you watch where it's you watch two people have sex and it's like no, that's not enough. I need to I need to watch three people have sex. I need to watch four people have sex. I need to watch bondage. I need to watch. You need to get people to this dumping point. on each other. Yeah, you need to get crazier and crazier and crazier to fill that void because it becomes bigger and bigger the more you put into it. Mm. So it's like okay, yeah, comic books are good, but now I need more. I need more from that. I need. I need it to feel more real than what it is. And that's why I like when they, when you first see him and he's in that gallery and he takes so much pride in the fact that the, the drawings look so much more realistic than the actual books. And the guy's like, cool, I'll buy it for my kid. And he's like, no, these aren't for kids. Mm-hmm. Like these are for 
you, you're supposed to appreciate them. Right. Like, he gets offended where it's like he wants... He wants that feeling that this world that he immerses himself in is real to where he gets to a point where it's like, I just can't imagine anymore. It needs to be real for me. And that's why he does all this shit. Mm. I, um, I, it's an odd analogy. It makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Completely. I, I, I don't think I necessarily agree with it a hundred percent, but it's got grains of things that I can follow. Like, I, he's completely immersed in a whole comic book lifestyle. Yeah. And I think just being immersed in it that long makes you want to try to find similarities in real life to, like, kind of like how you were saying. Yeah. Um, but the art gallery that he was showing that guy in the earlier in the movie, those drawings were not necessarily recreations. Those were drawings that were done before the comic cover that you saw and then he had to simplify it for whatever he's like wouldn't this but then it goes back to what you're saying like yeah is this more realistic like is why why would you change such like a beautiful masterpiece or something yeah. like that but yeah he, well he points it out where it's like this is like a cover but now it, this is like the more realistic version of that cover yeah, or something yeah, yeah. like he he points out like the things that make it more true to life mm-hmm. like he like, he almost kind of, like, I won't say get off, but, like, he gets more pleasure out of the idea that it's, like, this looks how more like how it would look if it actually existed. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that he likes the most out of these gallery drawings than he would if he were to get out of a comic book. Yeah. Um, actually, I was trying to notice in any comic book shop they were in or in his gallery where he's got like walls of comics and stuff. I was just trying to like look at titles and stuff. Yeah. Almost every single one of them. Like I'm going to say 99% of them are all Marvel comics. Yeah. And I wondered if like, like who made this? Was it like Lionsgate or Touchstone or something like that? Uh, you don't know. Let me see. I'm at IMDb right now. Um, I don't know who made this. It doesn't say. <laughs> I can't find it anywhere. Um, but I, I just wondered if it was like something that. But at the in two thousand, Disney wouldn't have owned that kind of stuff anyway. Maybe. Anyway, who knows? I was just wondering, like, if that was like a thing where, yeah, nobody else wanted to participate in something like that. Anyway, who fun knows? deal. Saw like a few covers of Namor and uh, the Avengers in there. Oh fun my stuff! Little Easter eggs. Oh my god. <laughs> Um, what I also found cool too on first few viewings of this is that because it came out in 2000, the only real comic book movies that we've had are like maybe the X-Men and, and Blade, obviously Blade. Of course, Blade. (laughs) Don't you, if Dave's listening, he's gonna fucking, maybe Blade? Blade! (laughs) Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't crash the window when we said that. (laughs) He's like, like the Kool-Aid man for Blade. (laughs) You guys watching Blade? You wanna? Uh, uh, Kind of popped in right now. You guys wanna check it out? Blade? Um, So, on first watch, even though it is like laden with like comic book paraphernalia yeah in it i didn't i guess expect it to be like a straight like superhero origin story on first watch yeah and even like after because i think i saw this in the theater i can't remember but then i definitely saw it on dvd and kind of forgot that and and remembered it again i'm like oh yeah this is like just a superhero origin story yeah and it kind of comes out of nowhere and it can kind of trick audiences into watching this type of movie. Yeah. Because it is taken, like, with a more serious tone. Yeah. It just happens to have these fun elements just sprinkled in. I think that's the thing about the Shyamalanaverse that I'm more interested in, is that it feels like a more true-to-life world. Yes. Where very few people are realizing that they are, in fact, these comic book characters. Right. But they're dealing with, like, very real-life situations. Right. I mean, the only real, like, even David Dunn, when he realizes he has, like, quote, superpowers. Yeah. It's, it's not anything, like, way out there. 
No. And, like, the only thing that's, like, kind of makes a jump is that he could kind of, like, mentally tell there's some, like, bad people out there. Yeah. That's the kind of jump you have to, like, the biggest jump you have to kind of make in the movie, I think. I know. Like. <clears throat> and I don't necessarily hate it, because I remembered that, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I would like that or not. But then watching it this time, I'm like, that's not so bad. Yeah. One of my things about this that I'm kind of stuck on is that I'm not too sold on David Dunn and, like, what he, how he, like, comes across whether or not he believes he is, like, super powered or not. Because I feel like the movie really is, like, trying to juggle with whether or not to portray him as someone who's hiding that he's a superhero or someone that doesn't realize he's a superhero. Cause it, mm. it feels like it goes back and forth a lot where like you kind of, you're kind of like left to believe at certain points, like, Oh, well he's just now discovering he has these powers. And then there's other points where it's like, well, he knew he had him all along. He just decided not to tell people, but then the movie never really tells you which side it is where it's like, so did you hide it or did you just forget? Or because there are scenes where they show like it, it, and it's like scenes in his life that he should fucking remember. <laughs> but it's like he just kind of decides to not remember, or like he just blocks out of his memory. I don't know. Like, see, I I took it as like he never even realized that he has these abilities. And your fucker rips a do car door off of a car. I know, but like you hear <laughs> stories about like mothers lifting up cars off their kids. That's no different. Yeah, but I don't it's just there's so much shit where like it should have probably struck him way faster. And it's just the movie kind of plays with like, oh he's hiding it. Oh no, he's I don't think it plays with that at all. I'm pretty sure, like, 100% that it's, like, he. you're finding out as he is finding out that he has these abilities. But then they even, like, kind of, like, they play up the whole thing where it's, like, uh, where he fakes the injury to get out of being in football. Like, he almost kind of lies to himself about that, where it's, like, so, did he convince himself he's injured? Did, I... Is he hiding that? Like, you never really... Even, like, the sick days, like, I, I, I could probably pinpoint, like, days when I'm sick, and then it takes him a while to be like, oh, I guess I wasn't sick. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just, like, small things here and there where I'm like, maybe, but it's kind of a stretch for me. Okay. Like, I don't think, I think it's maybe a bit of a stretch for me to, like, think that, like he never realizes he's never been sick before. Yeah. But like, then I was trying to think of like, when's the last time I've been sick? And like, I don't know, but I know I have been. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know how to take that. Like, what is he like 40 in this? To like, never... yeah, something like, yeah, something like that. But then again, like I've never broken a bone or anything like that either. Yeah. So like I stay relatively, yeah. unharmed i mean <laughs> uh, yeah you you kind of you kind of uh, brought me around to the whole like him ripping the car door off and like yeah where like if you have adrenaline you can do crazy things mm -hmm. when you're pushed to that point and but i don't know there's like maybe things i don't know like it's just there's like certain things where it's like it takes him a while to like kind of like discover things where it's like you didn't know you had that <laughs> and but then again like I, I i'm not it doesn't draw like a lot of attention to it and, does, and it doesn't really take a deep dive where you really question yeah that you're just kind of like oh yeah i can kind of see that yeah like for almost everything like he never real like when he was testing his strength. Let's just get to the weightlifting yeah. thing here. But let me finish my thought really quick. And why don't you pass me one of those there too? Do it. Um, so like, he doesn't realize how strong he ever was, but he was in football. And if he's had this like, this kind of like ability his whole life, yeah. I I but at at the same time when. He is weightlifting down there. They don't say like an 
an over exaggerant amount of like weight that he's lifting. Yeah. Like it doesn't say like how much you put on there. 4,000 pounds. Yeah. Like, it's nothing like that. But he does have, like, he goes from, like, struggling. He does, like, a 100-pound jump. Yeah. And he's like, that probably doesn't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just want, I, I I don't know. Like, maybe it's the point where it's, like, a mind over matter type thing where it's like, I don't think I've ever bent 250 pounds before. And then he eventually adds enough where it's, like, 350 pounds. And he's just like... Yeah, I'm struggling to get this up, but I wonder if, like, that would be every single time. Like, put 500 on there. And he's like, yeah. yep, I can do it. I'm struggling, but I can I mean, put it up. I'm not hating that because I, I can see where it's, like, like people can convince themselves that they aren't, like, to this potential. And then once they are put in that situation and they have to do it, then it's like, oh, shit, I can do that. Right. I get that. My my problem with the... Do you want me to get into the whole... Yeah, I do. Weight? I'm super curious. <laughs> so, my whole thing... Well, the weightlifting scene in this... I, I sent a, tr- a message to Troy earlier in the day <laughs> where I said, the weightlifting scene in Unbreakable just totally solidifies to me that M. Night Shyamalan has never lifted weights his entire life. <laughs> because, first of all, the... the Bruce Willis gets up to 350 pounds lifting weights and he's using like a, a fucking like weight set. That's like very like low key rudimentary. It's yeah. It's like, it's like, it's made for like, it's you, like those like really shitty ones that you would buy like at a garage sale or like a Walmart with like the fu- Yeah. With like the fucking like uh the 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 like the, the shitty leg presses where you put the fucking plastic weights on it and you're like oh look at me I'm working out and uh-huh. shit and then like they show the weights that they have on there that's not like first of all when he's doing quote unquote 250 pounds that is not 250 pounds <laughs> I, I wondered if that was gonna be your there is no way in fuck that that is 250 pounds there is no weight on there. Not one of those plates on there is probably more than 30 pounds. Right, and he has like right. six on each side and they get relatively smaller as they go down. Like at best, he maybe has like maybe 150, maybe 175 on that bar. Right. Yeah. I, I, I believe you on that. <laughs> and then, and then when he puts the paint cans on where it's like, this is going to be way more weight. That's probably an extra 20 pounds. Right. <laughs> Right? <laughs> like, it's not it's not where it's like, I need to put more weight on. I better put these paint cans on. Or it's like, how many people have you seen walk out with paint cans being like, Jesus Christ, this paint! <laughs> I'm gonna get fucking yoked up on this paint! <laughs> also, he has his son hide behind a wall. Yeah, like... like He's going to blow up if he can't fucking lift his weight. I thought that too. Because like his son is literally staying like 10 feet away. And he's like, you better back up. You better like, back what up. The like, fuck? Are you going to fucking you... explode if you can't lift this weight? Are you worried about like, maybe you shitting your pants so hard you hit him with shit? And like his son is like terrified. Like, oh my God, he's going to spontaneously combust if he can't lift this weight. Yeah. <laughs> Even though poking fun at this scene is <laughs> pretty fun, I I I I was watching it. And I'm like, I can't really tell what what Joel is gonna be talking about when he wants to talk about the weightlifting scene, <laughs> unless he's gonna be talking about that possibly cannot be 350 no pounds. Fuck, which I definitely believe you. That's not yeah. 350. I've pounds. seen I've seen like 350 pounds on bars, and it's like it's- it needs to like. On, like, a professional bar, which that's not, it takes up, like, half the fucking space on it with, like, nothing but 45-pound weights. <laughs> right. Right. Um, <laughs> fun, fun. I still so like the scene anyway. It's, it's still fun. Yeah. But... <laughs> it looks nothing like 350 pounds, though. No, it does unless that bar, Unless that bar is made of solid lead... <laughs> There's no way all those fuck. weights are solid lead, <laughs> and then no you just have fuck. lead paint. There's <laughs> <laughs> no way, <in> fuck. <laughs> oh, oh shit! Man. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> what did you? I, what? Oh, another thing I forgot in this too is like I I knew 
obviously he has an aversion to water. Like yeah. he can't swim. It's like, you know what? Secret secret of my life right now. My dad can't swim. Doesn't mm-hmm. know how. So don't tell people. Well, They're gonna try and come out and throw him in lakes. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna if find anyone, out who your dad is. If anyone out there finds my dad, please do not throw him in a lake. Don't throw <laughs> Troy the Max's dad in a lake. <laughs> I'm going to um, tell you where Troy works so you can find his dad. No! And then, <laughs> you're going to throw him in a lake. It's my biggest fear. <laughs> telling people who... That is the, their most ridiculous fear. <laughs> Me telling people where you work so they put all together to find your dad to throw him in a lake. <laughs> throw him in some body of water. <laughs> anyway, um, I but I totally forgot that he the reason he gets himself in that little uh pickle is that he's yeah. like chasing down like a murderer yeah and possible rapist i would assume yeah that mom at the end had some shit done to her <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh i was like holy fuck i forgot how dark this gets even it like, does yeah earlier on in when he's kind of like realizes he has that ability to see like what's going on which just can't be like the first time that's ever happened. He has to have that ability. For he a has, while. but he kind of plays it off where it's like he has a feeling about people. Like that's why that that's why I like that that power of his, where it's like it's something you can kind of not brush off, but you can kind of be like, I just kind of I got like a feeling about people. Oh, so he's got like writes it off as like a hunch. Yeah, like when when he does it at the in the in the line. Uh huh. When he bumps into that guy with the camo shirt, like camo, like moo moo, it's yeah. like Jesus Christ, <laughs> like a camo trench coat, it's the <laughs> it's ugliest a, thing ever. A weird to wear to a fucking ba- like football game. <laughs> yeah. That's the weirdest fucking thing. Yeah. But when he like bumps into him, and then he like he fucking like has it where like he like the guy like pats down people to like make sure he doesn't get in with like a gun, like how he describes what he sees. I mean, I can kind of maybe see someone. Yeah, like putting it together. That's like put it together where it's like I like I I know people like that, and I got this feeling about him. Just make sure you check him to make sure. Right. Yeah. I I felt the same way during that too. Yeah. Um. But then other times when like he bumped into that lady, like dragging her kid out of there, and he had that like premonition of her just beating that kid yeah. at home. But it was like so like it was like really faint. Like it was like really, really like sudden. Yeah. Where it's like. It wasn't enough for, like, he got a full-on vision of it. It was just kind of a boop, and then you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. But, I mean, still at the same time, like, it'd be weird just bump into a, a bunch of people and then bump into one lady and it's like, oh, she probably beats her kids. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in all honesty, don't we, like, just, like, go through, like... <laughs> yes, I've I I've done know. shit like that, too, where I'm like, that <laughs> motherfucking per- that person does some shit. That, <laughs> she definitely beats kids. <laughs> Yeah, I know we do the same shit. Um, there's actually an internet rumor that that kid being dragged away is uh, McAvoy's character Ooh, in Split. That'd be cool. It's just a fun little thing to that'd put together. Cool. Um, and then, uh, shoot, what was, where, I had a, an endpoint to this conversation, and I've, I've I've just lost it. Anyway, the murderer in this, when he finally yeah. <laughs> finds out in, like, that train station or whatever it is. Yeah, like, he goes into the... When he finally figures out that he is definitely, like, super powerful, then, yeah. like, he goes to Mr. Glass, and he's like, well, then you gotta you gotta really test this shit out. You gotta right. really find out, like, how good you are at it. And then that's when he, like, reaches his full potential, where it's, like, people he touches, like, he can see, like, the last really terrible thing they did. Yeah. And that, this is where it went from, like, Okay, we're kind of embracing, like, right up before this point. Yeah. It's kind of embracing its full, like, kind of campiness, where it's like, yes, David, you have powers. You should go test them. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, when he's testing them and he finds all these, like, bad things, it gets instantly real again. Yeah. Because it's shitty real life yeah, and Yeah, it's not, like, super, like, this guy wants to take all of the world's gold. It's like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, crazy real life, like... You can walk through, you can see yourself, like, walking through, like, a bus station and just, like, bumping into someone and being like, that guy fucking rapes people. (laughs) 
or you're like, oh my god, like. But that's again, that's why I like this universe. It's like it still grounds itself enough in reality where it's like even though you have these supernatural things, you're still it's still a supernatural like comic book style character whose real villain is just us. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. We're we're fucked enough where it's like you don't need a super villain. You just need to bump into the nearest <laughs> guy you find at a train station and be like, um, you're my afternoon. <laughs> I'm right. spending the rest of my day on you because you're fucked. You are a stinker. <laughs> you're a little rascal that goes into people's houses and fucking murders them. But like that, even that scene where he bumps into the murderer guy and the whole scene where he comes up to the guy's door and he's like, well, can I come in? I'm just like, that gave me the fucking chill. Yeah. Like that is so creepy. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't like some raving lunatic just being like, ah! And then right. stabbing him to death. He's just like, I just want to come into your house. And you're like, man, motherfucker. I... <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I've had times where, like, I'm no. like, I like answer the door and, like, the guy's just kind of off where I'm like, I really hope this guy doesn't, like, bum rush into my house and just murder me right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Especially, especially fucking uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. <laughs> Those fuckers look like he want to, they want to stab you to death. <laughs> Oh, uh, and they then wanna, leave a pamphlet on They want to tell you about the Lord, and they want to fucking wear your skin. <laughs> That's a Jehovah's Witness. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, when it, when he finally follows his dude to the house, and it gets, like, super real and dark, where, like, they got their kids chained up and all that shit, and, like, the wife is Yeah, chained not up even chained up. Like, they use wire, and then they have, like, the blood. They have, like, the fucking, like, red marks around the wire where you're like, ah. It just, M. Night just finds a way to make the scene to that level where it's like, okay, that's more real than like a movie like this. Yeah. Like the, yeah, like the red rash blood marks around the wrists where like the wires tied. Right. And like, even like the fight scene that he has with him, like when he comes back from the pool where it, there's no like fancy karate. It's just a chokehold and like the dude just running him into a bunch of shit and he just keeps holding on where it's like that's how a real fight would go. Right. It wouldn't be like this fancy haya like right. fucking like or some Yeah, shit. it's just he just has a fucking chokehold on him and the dude is just throwing him into shit trying to get him off until he like suffocates and dies. Right. And but but I think that's what I like about it where he's instilling comic book ethics into the real world. Where like this is this is this is a superhero, but he's instilling real life ideals into like how he fights and how he like saves people. Yeah, super. It's like a super grounded story. That's how yeah. it's like so easy to see like how this could kind of happen like in real life. Even though he's got these weird supernatural, but it's like only slightly elevated supernatural abilities where it's not yeah. like far fetched. When it, like, I don't want to jump to the next movie quite yet, but, like, it takes a bigger leap in the next movie. Yeah. But it's still, I don't think, completely out there. But I'll save that for yeah. our next week. Yeah, 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 you. yeah. I, I agree with you. Uh, even, I feel like it even, it, it, it still stays in realism, like, how it's introduced when, like, he comes into the fucking car. But I'll, I'll talk about that yeah, next week. Yeah, right. But, yeah, like. Like, that's the thing that I like the most about this movie is that, like, he still, even with all of the crazy outlandish stuff that he introduces with, like, Sam Jackson being, like, a supervillain. Right. And Bruce Willis being, like, this superhero that's borderline invincible with the ability to touch people and find out the last bad thing they did. He still finds a way to make it feel like a real-life world just based on the things you encounter outside of that. Like, this localized thing of Sam Jackson and Bruce Willis are the only two weird anomalies in this world. Everything else is exactly how it is today. Yeah. It's just these two things are the are the things that you don't encounter in everyday life. Right. And even, like, Sam Jackson really isn't that out there. He isn't, but he definitely is, like, an evil genius type. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> With the things that he does. Yeah. Like, a, a megalomaniac type shit. But he's... He, 
I guess you could see like how a person actually could be like that. Yeah. But anyway, um, what did you think about the pacing of this? Because it is, it does have a slower pacing. But do you think that hinders the movie? My <clears throat> my thing is, I love every aspect of this movie, but the acting. I feel like M. Night Shyamalan, especially at this point, like I think he's gotten better over the years. Especially when he came, when he had like his his comeback when he did the uh, that movie about like the weird grandparents. Uh huh. He's gotten better at it, but I feel especially back here, he really rode off of that success of The Sixth Sense that he never really found out how to direct actors well. Okay. Where a lot... They only have, like, that drawl, kind of whispery, like... They never really show emotion to where it's, like, it it stays interesting. Mm -hmm. I think he's a good director in terms of... Like, the shots that he gets. Yeah. There's some really cool shots in here. Even, like, the the shot when Elijah first... When, he, when Elijah sees his first comic book, he sees it upside down. And the camera keeps it where it's upside down. Where it kind of gives you that idea that his ideas of what he's going to read in this book are going to be skewed for, like, the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. Like, I like that stuff. I like when uh, Bruce Willis is having that conversation with that woman on the train in the first scene. And you're seeing it through, like, the eyes of a kid... Where it's like, he's looking through like the crease in the seat, and they're going back and forth between the woman and Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. Like I like small things like that. And I that's think... all one big long take. Too. Yeah, yeah. I thought stuff like that was really cool. Like he's really good at getting shots, and he's really good at. Uh, I think he he would even be really good at the pacing. It's just that he has no idea how to direct actors where it keeps the story compelling. Like he doesn't know how to elevate certain characters to where it's like, okay, this is important. And then get to where, okay, now this is like more downtrodden. Like he doesn't know how to like play with the pitch of how a character acts. He just kind of keeps it drawl the whole time. Mm. Even as scenes where it's like someone is talking at Bruce Willis and he just kind of like sits there and takes it where it's like, you could have easily like cut it and just put a fucking bald mannequin there <laughs> And then go back in, and then he doesn't—he doesn't talk or doesn't move or anything. He just stands there and takes it. Where it's like, you're, this is your main character. Like you're supposed to like get some feeling of his emotion throughout this, and he just—he's a—he's a blank slate. A lot of the characters in this are a blank slate for the most part. Yeah, like um, I—I kind of—I kind of agree with you that some of the characters came off droll, and even points that like I didn't believe like the performance. Yeah. Um, like a scene I'm going to bring up in just a minute here. But, like, I th- is this the point where, like, Bruce Willis is just playing himself? Maybe, but I've seen Bruce Willis play... I don't think this is Bruce Willis. I think this is M. Night Shyamalan. Because even Robin Wright, like, Robin Wright is a fucking good actress. And yeah. she sucks in this. I thought there was some points that she was kind of droll. But I, I didn't hate her in this. Uh, the, I, I guess the, the one scene I wanted to talk about is like the scene with the gun at the kitchen table. Yeah. Like I didn't believe any of that tension in there. No. And I thought all the line deliveries were kind of odd. Yeah. Like I, I, to me, I, I just couldn't believe the scene and I was kind of glad when it was over, but the scene is like actually based on like a real life thing that happened to George Reeves who played Superman like back in the 40s or 50s, I think. Yeah. He showed up at, like, a kid's birthday, and the kid pulled his dad's gun on him. And is like, I, you can't die because you're Superman. And George Reeves just shits in his briefs. Like, yeah. uh, listen, kid, if you shoot me, it'll bounce off me and hit somebody else, so you should probably give me the gun. And, like, yeah. that's it happened in real life. Yeah. Like, in that one movie where uh, Ben Affleck plays George Reeves, like, they... They play out that scene in really? that movie. Yeah. Um, I don't know how good it is because I've never seen that movie. I just know that it happens in that yeah. s- in that movie or whatever. I mean, yeah, it's a cool scene, but it's, it's just, I don't know. I feel like M. Night Shyamalan, he stumbled onto The Sixth Sense where it gave him such success that he went on to make other films, but he never learned how to 
get a good performance out of a out of an actor. Like this a lot of the success of the Sixth Sense rode off of that amazing ending. Yeah. And then going on to this, he didn't really I feel like he he should have gotten more training to just fucking know how to get a performance out of an actor cuz I see a lot of this shit all the time where it's like these like crazy like quote unquote art films fucking get like these drawl ass performances out of actors and then they like kind of like try and play it off as like no it's artistic where it's like no you just don't know how to fucking direct an actor mm. you don't know how to get the performance you want so you just make everyone talk drawl and like very monotone so it's like a blank slate for like the story you want to tell I have an, I I believe Mlet Shemlon is a great storyteller. He just just doesn't know how to portray it through an actor or an actress. Mm. I cuz I liked this I the the story the movie tells I liked, but <clears throat> I was trying to, to figure out why I was falling asleep while watching it and then I came to the conclusion that it's just the actors don't know what they're doing in the scene to really put across that this is what they feel. This is what's going on. And so it's like taking a scene for what it is. I'm bored, but the story as a whole, like thinking back at the entire movie, it's good. It just, (laughs) it's just, it never sells itself to me through its actors. Mm. I, um, just going by pacing alone. I never was bothered by the slow nature of it. Um, I don't, I'm not bothered by slow movies. I just, I want, I just want something I can invest in. Yeah. And yeah. Nobody gave me anything to invest in. Yeah. And I, um, and I can't see to me, like, I don't know if I'm going to believe so much that uh, for Bruce Willis instance, for example, like, or if he's at this point kind of like, I'm just going to play the character I always play. And that it's, it's kind of a shame that I can't tell what is what. Yeah. Um, but we, yeah, with, uh, why am I blanking on her name? Robin Wright. Robin Wright, yeah. Um, I did feel like sometimes she came off a little flat too. Yeah. But it went, that, but then at some points, they're not really at the best of points in their lives. They're like possibly going through a divorce, maybe. Like they, they could have played this up really cool. Where I felt like the reason why their relationship was falling apart was because Bruce Willis can't be close, too close to somebody. Because he has that thing where it's like, if you touch someone, you can see the terrible shit they did. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, yeah, he loves her. But, like, every time... Because even, like, if you kind of, like, pay attention to the whole movie, like, he kind of keeps his distance from her even when they're on their on their date. Mm-hmm. Where it's like he he loves her, he just doesn't want to see the shitty shit she's done, and that's what that's what skews his his perception of her. Yeah, like he wants to maintain that love for her without see without constantly having to see what's the what's the last terrible thing she did. Mm-hmm. And it's like maybe that like he's at a point in his life where like he doesn't realize that he has that power. But, like, when he touches her and he's just, like, I just, I just have a bad feeling about you, that's what keeps that distance between them. Where, yeah. like, she's trying to let him in, but he won't let himself because it's, like, I just don't feel right about you because of this. Uh, just speculation point. What do you think is the reason they're getting divorced? Is it just that they're, he, like, resents not being able to follow up with, what he wanted to do when he was a kid and it's finally now just getting to him? Or do you think that Robin Wright's character actually did something for him to want to, like, separate or what? I think him resenting her, I think that's her reasoning for why he's so distant. But I think the real reason is because when he touches people, he sees the last terrible thing yeah. he did. they did. And because when he touches her and sees all the shit, like... A person as good as they are, they do they do shitty shit regardless. Yeah, right. There's things we hide from each other all the time that we don't tell anybody. Even like people that are the closest to us, there's there's still certain things that we hide from them. Mm-hmm. He can see it all, mm-hmm. and even when he doesn't really realize it, and he touches her and he sees it, like that's that's just an image that he can't get out of his head, and that's what kind of like makes him distance himself from her. Mm-hmm. Like even at the beginning, 
he wants to fuck that chick on the train. Yeah, and he even takes off his wedding band, sticks yeah. in his pocket, and then like that's why he puts it because when he he shakes her hand to figure out what what she's doing, I bet she's going she's going where she's going because she's she's gonna cheat on her husband because he he shakes her hand and says, oh, so what are you up to? And she's like, I'm married. And he's like, oh, well, well, I'm sorry, because she was like she like said it like he she expected him to see her ring, but she's totally going to go cheat on her husband. And that's what he saw because it's like, oh, well, I can get away with it. She's already in a relationship. I can just fuck her. We don't have any kind of emotional ties. <laughs> I didn't take it like this. At no, all. no, 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 no. <laughs> it's from what from his perspective, if he were to come across a, a woman that's already married and is already uh, with the intention of cheating on her husband, it's the perfect relationship for him because he can have sex with her. There's no emotional ties, and then they have a reason to separate completely afterwards. There's no emotional strings that can that can tie back to either or. So that's why he, he keeps hitting on her after he shakes her hand, because he sees that she already has the intention to cheat on her husband. And then when she says, well, I'm married, and he's like, oh, okay, well, uh, I, I guess I didn't see your ring. And she, like, acts offended. She didn't see his ring. She didn't see her ring. Where it's like, that's that's kind of like his go-to. He goes on the train and finds people that he can kind of have have an emotional tie to that can be cut off immediately because of the situation. Mm. That's what I saw that scene as. It's quite a theory. I don't see it like that at all, but... Well, you just, you just don't watch cinema like me. I guess not. I just, <laughs> I don't extrapolate on opening scenes as much as that. Um... But anyway, that's pretty much all I got about uh, Unbreakable that I can yeah. think of. Yeah. Anyway, um, what uh, what would you want to grade this bad boy? Like, like I said, I I thought the movie was interesting. I liked the way the story progressed, but again, I can't get over how like borderline terribly the, the actors are act, are directed in this movie. I can't. I just can't, even, like, Sam Jackson feels like he's watered down in this. Like, I feel like he could have gotten way more of a performance out of him if the director knew how to, like, harness that Sam Jackson-ness mm. out of him. Like, even he feels like he's just kind of, like, tethered down a little bit. Mm. So I'm going to give it, like, maybe, like, a lower end of a B, borderline B-, minus, because... I just I just can't get over it. I I like it's interesting, it just doesn't stick out to me. Um mm. uh, I think it's resonated me like with quite a bit more. Like I I don't know if I completely agree with the not being able to direct directors. I know at when he made this he was a like not as seasoned. Yeah. So that could be a chunk of it. This makes me want to go back and watch The Sixth Sense. See, I'm going to piggyback on that for a second because The Sixth Sense is also kind of like downplayed a little bit too. Yeah. And I wondered if he wanted just the kind of the same kind of tone for this. Yeah. And he kind of just said, hey, did you see The Sixth Sense? Kind of be like that. Yeah. So I don't know if that's true or not. The, the acting only got to me in like a few places. Otherwise I thought it was fine for what the movie was. The pacing didn't bother me. I kind of like the slow burn of it. And then you learn about David Dunn as it goes along. And I, I'm just a fan of comic stuff. So like that also adds <laughs> in. So I think I add, I like this a, a more than you, but I'm going to give this a fairly high grade, but I'm teetering on an a minus. Okay. I, I really dig this movie. Yeah, no, I I get it. I I liked it for what it is. It's just I can't get over the just the drawl, just monotoneness of people talking. Yeah. the whole time. That, that that's fine. Different strokes, man. Gonna, whatever, dude. I'm whatever, not, man. Like Diamond's Christmas That's movie. totally like your opinion, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're gonna fight about this. <laughs> I'm done fighting. I don't. I don't I'm don't gonna care. BVS this shit. <laughs> So there you go. Uh, a little bit of a discrepancy here between our yeah between our fine between our fine hosts. There's a bit of a discrepancy. Yeah. I'd like to know what uh, what's his name would think of our opinions. What's his name? <laughs> the guy that did the email. For oh, this. <laughs> Sean under Sean. an anchor. Yeah. Um. Well, 
I know he really liked it, so I'm assuming he's going to be more upward towards me. Not to gang up on you, but yeah. it is a gang fight at this but, point. No, no, Sean, <laughs> check out the movie again. See if you... Yeah, revisit this bad boy. Revisit it. Get get back to us. See if you uh, you either side more with uh, T-Max or with me. I'm not saying I hate the movie altogether. Right. I didn't take it as that. I'm just saying no, there, there's things that just kind of rub me the wrong way in terms of the acting. I feel like you're trying to defend yourself, and I'm not trying to... Look, man! <laughs> Oh, shit, I pulled a gun. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't shoot me. If you shoot me, I'm going to New York. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening. If you want to join us on social media, do so at Review Review Pod on Twitter. If you happen to be a Facebooker, do that uh, at Review Review Pod on Facebook. Uh... You can find us at our host site at reviewreviewpod.podbean.com, but you don't have to listen to just there. We are also on a multitude of platforms such as Google Podcasts, Alexa Devices, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. If you happen to be an Apple user, rate and review us there, because if you like the show, that helps other people find the show as well. If you want to write in, do so at reviewreviewpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening again. We'll see you next time. And we're off. <laughs>